and sisters, my desire this morning is to look at three important questions from this passage. Now, listen to me. My desire is that we would allow the Holy Spirit to ask us these three questions as we examine this portion that was read out for us. And as each of us sit in the light of God's holy word and as we ask the Spirit to ask us these three questions, let these three questions be something that we can examine as we look at the year that has gone by. The year in totality. And when we ask those three questions, let's look at how we can better prepare ourselves for the year that is to come. The year that you and I will step into if the coming of the Lord tarries. If you remember the last time I spoke from 1 Corinthians, we spoke about love being the most excellent way of life. And that is what we spoke from 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4. Love ought to be the most excellent way of life. But the three questions that I want to ask us today from the passage is namely from verse 13 of chapter 13. And I'll just read that verse again for you. And now, these three remain faith, hope and love. But the greatest of this or the greatest of these is love. So here is question number one. Listen to me carefully. How is your faith life? How is our faith? How has our faith been in the Lord Jesus Christ in 2019? Can we all take a minute and just think and reflect on that? How has our faith life been? Well, if I were to define what faith life is, we know that faith, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, that it is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is what Hebrews says in chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and faith is being certain of what we do not see. You know, believers, I want to encourage us and remind us from God's word that number one, faith is being sure of who God is. That is the definition of faith according to the word of God. Faith is being sure of who God is. Now, if you were to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the verse that we read, there are two important words that appear there. Two important words that appear there. And that is the word being sure of and also the word being certain of. Faith is being sure of something. Faith is also being certain of that. And that is the definition. Faith is being sure of God. Being aware of who God is in your life. And you know what makes it different then? Faith is a believer's way of viewing things. Faith is a believer's way of perceiving life. And faith is having a deeper understanding of who God actually is. Because that is what differentiates between you, me and everybody else in this world. Your faith and my faith rests on God. It is seen and demonstrated through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you and I have a deeper understanding of who God is, that is what we call as faith. Faith is not only being sure of who God is, it is being certain, according to this verse, it is being certain of what God can do. It is sure of what God can do, because there are things in life that we cannot see. But the things in life that you and I cannot see, God can surely see. God is aware. And therefore, learning to trust in God, because He sees it, is what is called as faith. 
There are things that you and I can see in this world and the problem with that is things that you and I can see. You and I would often like to do things according to our own ways. But what about the things that are unseen? And therefore learning to trust that God is taking care of that which is unseen is what faith is. You know, brothers and sisters, faith would only make sense because it rests on God. Because it reflects who God is. And because you and I will believe in the sovereign ability of God. Being able to do whatever God wants us to do is what you and I would call as faith. Faith is trusting in who God is. Being aware of who God is. Trusting that God can see what I can't see. And God is able to do what which I can't see. All of that tied together is what you and I call as faith. The ability to trust in a sovereign God. We read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. You look at this beautiful verse. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. Sustaining all things by His powerful word. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit sustains all things in this world. By His powerful word. Do you and I ever wake up in the morning and do something to make sure that the sun rises up? No. We just take it for granted. Do you and I ever wake up and go out to our balcony and take in fresh air that fills in our oxygen? And do we do something about it? No. These are all things that is suspended by the words of a powerful God. And having faith that God does it, is something that you and I as believers ought to do every single day of our life. Now listen to me brothers and sisters. Faith looks upward at God. It looks upward to God because our faith rests in God. But it also rests on the past finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross where he died for the sins of the entire world. It, it rests on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ because He died for our sins on that cross. Jean reminded us from God's word this morning. When you and I sit here because of what Christ has already done for us, your past and my past no longer matters if we have placed our faith and our trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing that condemns us anymore. When we sit, when we partake, we do so because of our faith which rests on what God has already done for you and for me on the cross of Calvary, whereby He died for the sins of the entire world. Faith is being sure of who God is. Not only that, brothers and sisters, faith is not just being sure of who God is. Faith is also a demonstration of the power of God. It is the demonstration of the power of God. I trust in God. I trust that God can see the things that I can't. I trust that God has the ability to do. And faith which rests on God demonstrates God's power. If you could just turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 and verses 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 5. I just want to read a portion of that verse where it says, So that, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 5, So that, your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So that your faith should not be resting on the wisdom of man, but it should depend or rest on the power of God. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Faith teaches us to depend on God. 
It is not just allowing us to understand who God is, but faith allows us to trust on God. It allows us to then therefore depend less on our own ideas and presuppositions, our own ideologies, things that you and I think that is right. It teaches us to depend less on these things and on more on God. You know, Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he talks about the struggles that he faces in ministry. He talks about the difficulties. He says he's not an eloquent man. He's saying he cannot stand before a pulpit and talk and gather people. And then he reminds or encourages the believers that if there is anything that he can do, he does it by the power that comes from God. God's power demonstrated through his life. And that's the same for you and for me as well. Because our strength comes from God. And when you and I have faith in God, when you and I trust in God, God rewards us by demonstrating His wonderful power. You know, for some of us, probably this year would have not gone the way we desired it to go. So I want to encourage each and every one of us to examine our lives to see how much you and I have learned to depend on God by faith to demonstrate His power in and through our lives. And if any of us are struggling in our faith life this morning, my encouragement to you is this. Confess before God. Talk to God as that person in the Gospels went up to the Lord and said, I have faith and love me to turn my unbelief. And all that you and I are required to do is to come into the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you for forgiveness for the times I've questioned. Would you strengthen my faith if your coming tarries in the year ahead of me, allow my faith to grow in Christ and in Christ alone. Learning to trust in who God is and also believing that God will demonstrate His power. Or as Apostle Paul says in Philippians, sorry, Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, can we all say this together? I can do all things through Christ and it is Christ who? Who strengthens me. It is Christ who strengthens me. Faith is not just a demonstration of God's power. But listen to me. It is also a demonstration of your willingness to become a child of God. It is not just a demonstration of God's power. It is a demonstration therefore of your willingness to become a child of God. And if any of you sitting here this morning. If you have not yet asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. For the forgiveness of your sins. If you have yet not accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior. You can do that right now. And when you place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your relationship with the Lord will begin to grow. You can place your faith in a God who is like a mountain that will never be shaken. It will be firm. It will be strong. And you can grow in your faith. Knowing who God is. And allowing God to demonstrate his power. You know, for anybody, anywhere, at any time, to become a child of God also is God's work. It is God's power. You cannot do it. Neither can I. By our own human strength. It is God's work in our life that allows anybody to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when God brings a sinner to him, and when the sinner repents, and when that sinner begins to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is faith. And that is God's power. 
revealed through his work. So brothers and sisters, how is our faith life this how has our faith life been this year? Has our faith caused us to know God more? And has our faith allowed us to trust in God to demonstrate his power? And out of the three things that Apostle Paul talks about, the first thing that he reminds us, the first question I wanted to ask us is about faith. Number two, Apostle Paul not only reminds people about faith, but he talks about hope. And I want to ask all of us this morning, what do you hope for? What is it that you hope for? Now, you know, when you read scriptures, it's easy to always think, and it's right, that faith and hope mean almost the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's like two sides of the same coin. That's right. But there is another thing that's attached to this word hope. And that's what I want to share with you. Hope means, sorry, hope means it is to have the confidence that God will help you through it all. That is what hope means. It is having the confidence that God will see you through. Remember, faith is believing in who God is. Faith is also demonstrating that God through his power reveals himself. But hope is having the confidence in the fact that God will see you through. Can I read a verse for you? And I request you to turn with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Please turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. And look at what the word of God says. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Believers... A believer's hope, because it is centered in the Lord Jesus Christ, because it rests on God and God alone, it does not disappoint. It will never disappoint. Or if I were to make it as simple as I can, God promises not to disappoint those that hope in Him. You know the word disappoint here, the term disappoint actually means to be put to shame. God will never allow us to be put to shame. God will never allow us to be ashamed when you and I place our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And our hope which is in Christ will never allow us to be put to shame. If I could just allow us to think a little deeper on that with the word of God, in Psalm 22 and verses 5, the word of God says, They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and they were not disappointed. They were not disappointed. Those who place their hope will have confidence that God will not put them to shame. But how does this work? Well, how is this seen in the life of any born again believer? How is this seen in your life and in my life? Well, if you come back to Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it says that hope does not disappoint us. Hope in God will not put us to shame. Why? Because God has poured what into our lives? What has he poured into our lives, brothers and sisters? He has poured love. He has poured his love into our hearts. Listen to me very carefully. God's love is poured within us. God's love therefore fills us. God's love encourages us to know that he cares and he knows exactly what God is doing. Even when I do not know 
what's going on in my life. You get that? And that's how God pours His love into your life and into my life. It is so much so that I know that even when things don't make sense, my confidence is in God, knowing that even if I don't know what's going on, God knows. And God takes care. And I can always hope in God, knowing that God will never allow me to fall into shame. Let me illustrate that for you. You know, it's like when, when a baby first learns how to walk. He or she would get very excited to take their first steps, right? We've seen our babies do that. But that baby, when he or she takes that first few steps, would always look back to whom? To whom? To their parents. To see if their parents is at arm's length. And that's why the baby would take a few steps and stop and look back at her parents. To see that their parents is at arm's length. And when the parents are there and when the baby can see those parents, the baby starts to walk in confidence, taking further steps. Keeps walking. Looks, stops, looks back and then walks again. Because they know that their parents is right there behind them. They are even aware of their fact that even if they should fall, their, their father or their mother would come and they would pick them up. So that is hope in God. Because I know that my God is looking at me. My God is there with me. I know that I can walk further and further. All I need to do in between is stop and look back. And I know that he's there. And he says, Jobin, walk further. Take those few more steps. And even if I were to fall anywhere in my way, I know that my Heavenly Father will lift me up. I might cry. And he would say that it's okay. And that is what it means when it says that God has poured His love deep down into your heart and my heart. You know, brothers and sisters, we just heard a while back, if faith looks upward, hope looks forward. If faith looks upward, hope looks forward to the future. And when you and I, as born-again believers, look to the future, when we look ahead of us, when we look forward, what you and I are reminded of next is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have hope which rests on God that allows us to look to the future that points to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the reason why you and I gather every Sunday... Even the reason why we break bread, we give thanks for the wine, is when we partake, we do so in remembrance of what Christ has done, but also that one day this table will be removed. And you and I will see the Lord Jesus face to face. And that is what hope is, in the confidence that God is going to come back. And when God comes back, I will never be put to shame. Can I read for you, and if you would turn with me to 2 Timothy, chapter 2 and verse 13. And let's read that verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, sorry, Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. And what does the word of God say in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13? It says, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We wait for this hope and Apostle Paul reminds us that it is a blessed hope. A hope that allows us to wait for the glorious appearing of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Believers, that is why I asked you that question. What do you hope for? What do you hope for today? 
as we bid farewell to 2019 and as we enter to 2020 what do you hope for do you daily desire that jesus would come do you daily desire that jesus would come now listen to me the coming of the lord jesus is not our desire as a means to end our earthly suffering no it's not so that our sorrows and our pains would just go away but it ought to be the desire to see the face of the one or what does the verse say the face of the one who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness that's what the word of god says and to purify us for himself a people that are his very own that's the desire where you and i should look forward to the coming of the lord jesus to look at the face of the one that will redeem us from all wickedness to purify us from all unrighteousness so that we will begin to become a people that are his very own and a people that belong to god are those as the verse ends by saying those who are eager to do that which is good you know what that means that while we wait for the coming of the lord jesus christ that you and i would not be idle but in calvary bible fellowship you and i will do that which is good we will do that which is good and what is the good that you and i can do while we prepare for the coming of the lord jesus christ you know you don't have to turn there but when apostle paul instructs the believers about the coming of the lord jesus in first thessalonians the term that he uses in first thessalonians 4:13 to 18 we know about the rapture of the church and when apostle paul talks to the believers about the rapture about the coming he uses this phrase there in verses 18 therefore encourage one another with these words encourage one another with these words well how do i encourage you about the coming of the lord jesus christ how can you encourage me about the hope that we have about the coming of the lord jesus christ you know the great hope of the church is that one day you and i will see our loved ones that we have bid farewell on this earth in the presence of our lord and isn't that beautiful that one day as you and i walk through the gates we will see a lot of familiar faces smiling who have been waiting for us and that is the great hope of this church i know that so many of us sitting here have lost our loved ones but the great hope that we have is that one day we will see them in the lord jesus christ and therefore the other hope is that our time on this earth is very very short because the coming of the lord is at hand and therefore the time that you and i have in this world should be used to spread the gospel should be used to love one another in the lord and encourage others to come into the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ it is not to fight it is not to grumble it is not to point fingers but it is to assure everybody else that you and i are one day going to be spending eternity with each other dear friends do you have the same hope and assurance does your hope rest on a god who the bible says will never put you to shame does this hope encourage you every day encourages you to look forward to the coming of the lord jesus christ so that through our prayer our praise our exhortation through whatever we do we often say lord my desire is that you would come today and i always picture myself that when i enter the pearly gates 
that I would see my grandfather and I would see my grandmother, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then as I scan through the crowd, I will look for that face and finally see him who gave up his life for a wretched sinner like me. I always picture, I can't, I can't have a face to it, but I always picture seeing him stand there with a big smile on his face. Imagine God, the awesome creator, walking up to us and saying, Welcome home, my dear child. <laughs> if that is not hope, what else is hope? Now there was this uh, believer by the name of Edward Mote and he wrote the lyrics to this great song, this well-loved hymn. He said, My hope is built on nothing less, but it rests on Jesus' blood and righteousness. He said, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. It is on Christ the solid rock I stand, and all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. If there is any of you sitting here who have not placed your faith and your trust on the Lord Jesus, probably you feel the ground beneath you sinking. All you need to do is to place your eyes on the Lord Jesus. Reach out and the Lord Jesus promises to save you and build you up in confidence while you live your life in this world looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we looked at how is your faith life? Number two, we looked at what do we hope for? And number three, I want to ask all of us, therefore, how would you and I like to show love? How would you and I like to show love? Now, before we answer this question, can I ask all of us, how have you and I shown love in 2019? You get what I'm trying to say? How have you and I shown love in 2019? And how would you and I like to show love in 2020? Now, listen to me as I explain this. You know, when Jesus returns back into this world, it's written there, faith and hope will be complete because it rests on Jesus and love will remain. Faith and hope which rests on the Lord Jesus will be complete and the only thing that will remain is love. That's why Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, he says that the greatest of this is love. The greatest of these is love. But to explain that, can you just turn with me to Colossians in chapter 1? And I'd like to read verses 3 to 5. If you could turn your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1 and verses 3 to 5. Look at what the Word, God, word of God says. Colossians chapter 1 verses 3 to 5. The Word of God says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. And you know very well, the gospel is one of my favorite words. Faith, hope and love is the message of the word of truth, as we saw in Colossians chapter 1. And the word of truth is also called the gospel. So believers of Calvary Bible Fellowship, friends who are visiting us for the very first time, I want to encourage all of us to love and live the gospel. Not that the gospel has not been something that has been part of our life in 2019, but I want to encourage us to love and live the gospel in 2020. That's what I want to encourage each and every one of us. 
You know, we as a church, as it says in Colossians, we as a church, we also thank God for the gospel that has changed the lives of so many that have come to church. We praise and thank God for the way the gospel has changed Shashank. We see the change in his life. We thank the Lord for the gospel that has changed Nithanaya. And last week you and I witnessed how God not only changed him, but brought into his life a beautiful person. So then now together they can love and live the gospel. You know, once when one of our brothers went out for outreach, they gave a tract to a brother on the street and he started coming into our church and he brought his friend Shovit who came to our church, who heard the gospel and was baptized. And we praise and we thank God for the way the gospel changes lives today. And may the Lord Jesus Christ add many more of his precious souls to his church. That is the gospel. That is how you and I love and live the gospel. You know, it becomes very difficult for you and me to go in India today, knock on the doors and give a track because you and I can get easy, we can fall into problems with the law. The best thing that we can do is bring people to our church. But when they bring them to our church, you and I must show the love of Christ to them so that they see our love for the Lord and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ changes their life. If you were to look at Galatians chapter 5 and verses 6, the word of God says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now listen to me very carefully as I make this application. The only thing that matters to God, the only thing that God desires to see through His children is faith demonstrated through love. You know, believers, genuine faith does its work through love. Genuine faith does its work through love. Faith works through different acts of love. And faith that demonstrates its works through love is the desire, the willingness to let go of our own comfort for the better comfort of others, for the good of others. It is not thinking about yourself, but I want to demonstrate love so that through my demonstration of love, others in Calvary Bible Fellowship will know and will be benefited. You know, that's why there is a couple in this church who for the last so many years have been bringing the bun for the communion. And I'm sure many of us don't even know. I can tell you, it does not magically appear. So many of us have pitched in many a times to get the bun, but that family have been doing it for years. Nobody's ever told them to do it. There's nothing written in our rule book, but they do it because they love the church. That is why that couple not only brings the bun, but they bring snacks for the kids to eat. That's because they love the church. So that through their gift of love, others are being benefited. And nobody knows about it. That is why we have another couple in our church who, even when God had blessed them with kids of their own, they had enough love to open not only their heart, but their house to another child that was not their own. And they were willing to show love to the child by adopting that child into their family. So that today that child is a part not only of their own, but a part and a parcel of Calvary Bible Fellowship. That is faith demonstrated in love. So that that child throughout her life will always know that she has a family 
that loves her. Isn't that the reason why Rebichan and Asha Mama have gone back to Uzbekistan? Well, they could have stayed here with us in all comfort, in all luxury, taken care of a church of 200 people and enjoyed fellowship, but it is the faith demonstrated in love for the souls that are perishing in Uzbek that they have decided to go, to let go of their comfort for the benefit of others. And you and I are reading those messages in the group of how they are still struggling that they've, since they've reached there. Well, that is faith shown in love. To love and live the gospel means to always care for the welfare of the church. And that is the best way you and I can demonstrate love to people in Calvary Bible Fellowship. And that's what I want to encourage each and every one of us to do. To love and live the gospel. To love and live the gospel. But if you were to look at verses 1, if you look at Galatians chapter 5 and verses 1... It also says, uh, uh, it also says to always give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, God is the hero of our story today. It is not you, it is not me. He always was the hero. He always is the hero. Whatever we do, we must always remember to come back to God in thankfulness. So, you know, when you and I look at Shashank, when you and I look at Shovit, when you and I look at these couples that we just spoke about, when you and I look at Rebichan and Ashamama, we have to come back to God and give thanks to God for who God is and for what God is doing in the lives of people in Calvary Bible Fellowship. Because at the end of the day, it is not about you and it is not about me. It is about who God is. And that is how we started our sermon this morning. To always come back to God and to give thanks to God for what God is doing in and through our lives. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you that God understands the failures you have gone through in the last one year. Your hardships have ached His heart. Our sins have given Him grief. And yet, as it says in Psalm 145 and verse 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. The Lord is slow to anger and he's rich in love. And so Calvary Bible Fellowship, friends who are visiting us for the first time, family members, how is your faith life? How do you and I live our faith life in this world? What do we hope for and how can you and I show love in the coming year? Well, if the Lord chooses to tarry, and as we complete one more year, and if, as we enter into the new one, may the Lord guide our every decision and step. And may we always grow closer in our relationship with the Father, through His Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May we all have a blessed and a prosperous new year. Shall we pray? Our gracious God and our living Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for being the creator God, sustainer of the entire universe. We thank you, we praise you for your amazing love that you have shown for us on the cross of Calvary. We thank you that you have redeemed us from the curse of the law by sending your only begotten Son. 
Father, we pray that through our faith life that we would learn to know you more. That through our faith life, we would be able to demonstrate your power in and through us. We also pray that you would strengthen our hope in you so that we would have a daily dose of confidence knowing that our Father will never, ever put us to shame. And we also pray that we would learn to love and live the gospel. We thank you for our folks here in Calvary Bible Fellowship. We thank you for our friends who are here for the very first time. And Lord, we pray for the work of thy spirit on the hearts of the people that if anybody sitting here has not yet accepted you, that, <coughs> that they would make that decision so that they can also be a part and parcel of our family. And Lord, if you are to come today, what a joy it would be for us to be reunited with you. But Lord, for, for, for reasons known only to you, if you choose to tarry, enable us to live a life that is worth pleasing to you. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. It is in Jesus Christ's most holy and precious name we ask and we pray.